That was a great video. I love that. Just a reminder. If you brought your Bible, I hope you did. Let's go back to Luke chapter 2. It's a very familiar text today. We're not going to completely unpack that, but we're going to look at several verses in that. I don't know about you, but um, sometimes uh, Christmas is kind of a stressful time. It's a stressful time for a lot of folks, is it not? And so I, I started thinking over the last few weeks of what we do after because we have one more Sunday in December, and what do we do? And do we do a challenge for 24? And maybe we should, but I really feel like that we might ought to just be reminded of some things. I don't know about you, but, but Christmas, it just comes so fast. It seems like it, the older I get, the faster from Thanksgiving uh, that it becomes. And I know that we actually had, this time, we actually had a few more days between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It seemed like just because where Thanksgiving fell and Christmas fell. And, and so I, I, I just don't know about you, but it sneaks up on me every time. You say, well, you're a guy. Yeah, I am. Because some of you women, and I know some of you guys, maybe, uh, I don't want to, you know, offend anybody here, but some of you get ready for Christmas about July. You know, you start getting all jacked up about it, you know. And I think, but sometimes it's wait, it's just kind of at the, right at almost the next, oh my goodness, I got, what, 24 hours to do some shopping here. I think I might better get out there and do some of these things. And the older I get, the faster time flies. It actually does. So today I want to talk to us about, did you survive Christmas or did you celebrate Christmas? Did you survive over, over this time, you know, the Christmas tree, the lights are gone, money, parties, all the tension that we have that goes on. A, a, a California pastor wrote these words. I want to read it because it's so appropriate. Ironically, at the most Christmas parties, the person who celebrates, whose birthday we celebrate, we're supposed to be celebrating, is completely sometimes ignored he, he's never mentioned, although Jesus is the reason for the season. He's often overlooked or merely mentioned along with Rudolph, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus, the Grinch, the, El, uh, the elves, and a long list of, of celebrated fictional characters. He, Jesus, is often overlooked. So sometimes you're like me. I kind of move into survival mode until it actually happens. I, I just want to survive all the, the parties, all the things, all the things that I have to do and all the things that you have to do and get involved in all of that. And so I, I decided this morning that maybe we just needed some trigger points. Maybe we needed some trigger points to help us understand that we can indeed celebrate Christmas, not just a few days of a year, but every day of the year. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 8 and following. And in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. Verse 10, and the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which you shall be for all his people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there appeared with them, the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. Verse 15. And it came about when the angels had gone from them into heaven and the shepherds were saying one to another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has, been, that ha- that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they came and they came in haste. Now that is the first Christmas rush right there. First century Christmas rush. They came in haste. And they, and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it wondered all the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds went back glorifying Praising God for all they had heard and seen just as been told to them. Let's pray. Father, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Thank you so much, Father, for this day. Thank you for this wonderful congregation. Thank you for the privilege that I've had almost a year now of serving this congregation during this transition period. I truly believe 24 is going to be a banner year. 24 is going to be the best year that we have experienced in church life at Roswell Street in many, many years. I believe there's going to be lives that are going to be radically changed. I believe hearts are going to be turned towards you. I truly believe, Lord, that this is going to be a banner year with so much more numerical growth and spiritual growth. And Father, I believe beyond a shadow of doubt there's going to be an amazing time. In 24, should you tarry and give us yet another day to serve you, Father, I pray we'd be found faithful in doing just that, serving you by serving this community. Lord, we love you. We praise you, and we thank you for what you're about to do in our midst today. Change lives in this room today. Radically set us on a new course today, Father. And Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church said Amen. Do you remember when you came to faith in Christ? Do you remember that moment when you realized that you might have been a Baptist kid or another denominational kid or you'd have gone to church all your life, but that moment, that moment that you were radically changed, that moment when you came to the understanding that you were lost, destined for hell, that you needed a Savior, that you needed something else to help you in this journey. You remember that moment when you came to faith in Christ, the excitement that took place in that moment, the thinking about the thrilling moments that I can say, I am truly saved. I am forgiven of all my sins. Wow, what an amazing moment that was. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was 17 years old. Baptist kid growing up in Trustville, Alabama. I mean, I'd been to church. I'd been to every popcorn, putt-putt, pizza fellowship church had to offer. I'd been to everything that you could possibly imagine. Church business conferences to Wednesday night programming to Sunday morning to youth camp to choir tours. I'd done it all. But at 17 years old as a junior in high school, I came to the understanding that I was lost 
without Christ. I was a Baptist, but I was not a believer of Jesus Christ. I, I knew who he was, but it was a thrilling moment in my life. In the Bible, there's something more that takes place in a, than, than a, a coffee holder. You know, I, when I recommitted my life to Christ, it became even more prevalent that I needed some trigger points in my life. And the Bible became more prevalent in my life. And I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, I'm sad to say that my church was a great church when I was growing up. But they did a horrible job of discipling new believers. They did. Now, they're not doing a horrible job now because it's an anchor church. It's an amazing congregation now. But, and most times we thought, well, if you get saved, we'll put you in the water. You get dunked, we'll put you in a Sunday school class. And God bless you. That's your journey. Have a nice day. Didn't have anybody to walk alongside you to help you understand exactly what it means to be a Christ follower. And so what's the million-dollar question? When we were so excited about when we got saved, I, the million-dollar question is, why did the good news stop being good? What happened to the enthusiasm of the moment that you were saved by God's glorious grace? What happened when you were saved by him and you became a new believer, a new Christ follower? It, why isn't it worthy to celebrate Christ every day of every year, 365 days? He is worthy if we believe that. The problem is not his worthiness. The problem is our forgetfulness. We forget sometimes. Sometimes I forget that it becomes old news and been there, done that, got the t-shirt to prove it, right? We, we just kind of go through the motions of daily grind of life. The good news of God's word becomes informational. It's no longer transformational in our lives. So how do we celebrate? Well, first of all, I think we celebrate by remembering. We celebrate by remembering. Exodus chapter 32, verses 7, through and, uh, 7 and 8 in the New Living Translation. Listen to these words. The Lord told Moses, quick, go down the mountain. And the people who uh, you brought from Egypt had defiled themselves. They have already turned from their way I commanded them to live. They have made idol, an idol shaped like a calf. And they have worshipped and, and sacrificed to it. They're, they're saying, these are are your gods, little g by the way, O Israel, who brought you out of Israel. Remember what Matthew 16 verse 9 and 10 says, do you remember the 5,000 I fed with five loaves, the baskets of foods that were left over? Do you remember the 4,000 I fed with seven loaves with baskets of food left over? Dear friends, I believe sometimes it's not that we don't believe that he is worthy, we just forget how good God is. We forget the amazing celebration that we could have. Is there anybody in the room like me that just needs to be reminded on this last day of 23, launching into 24, how we need to be reminded? Now, by the way, in the Old Testament, they, had, they used uh, 
items to help us remember or help them remember. Followers in the Old Testament had a tassel attached to their clothing, a garment. They would attach these tassels, little tassels they would wear on their clothing and, and, and some God's people would get dressed and they would go out into town and, and their tassels were on their shoulders. So the, the ones who had tassels on their shoulders, they were being reminded, they were, it was a reminder that they were of God. Those uh, tassels helped them remind of the, co- the, the covenants that they had have, the provisions that God had made them. So as they walk through the streets, they see people worshiping all their idols and other things. They might see other followers of God's with tassels on their shoulders. Numbers chapter 15 verse 39 says, the tassels will remind you of God's commands of the Lord, that you are to obey the commands instead of following your own desires and going your own ways as you are prone to do. Folks, we are prone to do it on our own. We are prone to go our own way. We want it our way when we want it. There is an entire food chain. They built their whole restaurant around that. Burger King, have it your own way, right? We want it our way, so we need some reminders, don't we? Even today, if you see Orthodox Jews walking, they'll, some of them will have tassels on their prayer shawls. But I checked today, this morning, before I came in, tassels.com to order about 100, 150, maybe 200 of these tassels that we could adorn to our clothing, and I could not find any. So I've come up with a better solution today. A better solution for us to understand. I've given us a trigger, and we're going to use. Now, those of you that are not baby boomers you're younger than the baby boom generation what you have in your hands this is called currency this is called coins the whole world is driven by these things for many many years it's not a plastic thing that you slip it's not something that you take your phone and just tap you know you have all of that technology it's wonderful and good but these are actually called coins and so we're going to use these as a trigger point it's the first coin I want you to look at in that bag. You may want to take it out and hold it. It's, especially if you're under uh, 30 years old, you probably haven't held one of these in a long time. It's called the penny. The penny. Now, well, the penny stands for the past. My past is forgiven. Not just yesterday, not today, but it's been forgiven since the moment you said yes to Jesus. When you see a penny, regardless, in a bag like this or in the ashtray or, or something in the console of your church, of your car, or maybe laying on a desk or on a, on a dresser, or you see one on the street, you can be reminded that my past is forgiven. You're not just going to celebrate your past. You're going to celebrate that your past has been forgiven. I don't want to celebrate my past. It was ugly. It wasn't pretty. It's still not very pretty. I don't want to be reminded of that, but I want to be reminded that my past is totally forgiven for all of eternity. Please listen to me very carefully. There is no past that Jesus can't forgive you. There's nothing that you can't do. Some of us in this room needed to hear that. There's nothing in this world that you have done that God can't forgive you for, regardless of what you've done. It's regardless The pain of the past and things like that can be forgiven. I want to ask you a question. Have you asked for forgiveness today? 
Have you asked God, God, please forgive me of my past? Then if you have done that, would you gather in here close? Don't miss this. Let's start living that way. Let's start living like we've been forgiven. Let's start living, celebrating, and not surviving life that we have been forgiven. I realize that some of you have got some wild past. I've heard some of your stories. Maybe you've heard some of mine. Mine is really, really, really ugly. And I would not want you to hear it because it's embarrassing, but it's my story. And I'm sticking to it because I am saved from that. That is forgiven. The Lord has forgotten it. I'm the only one, and those who know me and my story and your story are the ones who are reminded of that. My past is forgiven. There is no past in your life that he can't forgive. That's why Jesus was born. He was born to celebrate, and that when we celebrate Christmas, the penny reminds us of my past is forgiveness, forgiven. Listen to Jesus says, Mark 2. It is not healthy for the, the who need a doctor. The healthy don't need a doctor. But the sick, I've come to call the righteous, not call the righteous, but I've come to call the sinners. He didn't come to save the righteous. He came to save the sinners. And I'm a sinner saved by God's grace. Amen? So my past is forgiven. Paul writes to the church at Rome. Chapter 4, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what a joy. What joy for those whose sins is no longer counted against them by the Lord. It's gone. Once he forgives us, it's wiped out. He doesn't have a record of all your past sins. Now, we will stand before the Lord how we deal with it going forward. We will stand how our actions are, but we will not be standing for the sins that we committed before salvation. Amen? I mean, even a Baptist ought to shout hallelujah on that. Because your sins are forgiven, they're no longer counted against us. Ever. You're safe. You're secure. You are saved by God's glorious grace. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 and 14 says, For he has rescued us from the one who rules the kingdom of darkness. He has brought us into kingdom of his dear son. God has purchased our freedom with his blood, has forgiven our sins. But God demonstrated his own love towards us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. If you're here today, you're listening to me online today, you've never taken advantage of God's forgiveness I challenge you right now, stop at this moment. Don't go another second in this sermon without saying, God, please forgive me today of my sins. It's a free gift. It doesn't even cost a penny. It's a free gift, but it costs the Lord Jesus Christ his very life. My past is forgiven. The second coin in our bag is a little larger than the penny. It's a nickel. Five cents. Five of the pennies. One nickel. What does a nickel stand for? It's now. Now God's spirit indwells in us. 
God's spirit is in me. When I said, Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me. When I said, God, come into my life and save me. I confess my sins to you. In Jesus' name, amen. The spirit of the Holy Holy God came into my life instantaneously. He saved me instantly. The spirit indwells in my life. God's spirit now is in me. That's why we celebrate That's why we celebrate. We can celebrate that you and I, when we came to faith in Christ, we invited him into our lives. He invaded our lives with his spirit. He gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit into our life. Personally, I I believe that most of the the mess that we get into our lives is that we, not because we forget about our past, we keep reminding ourselves of that, we forget that we have the spirit of the living God living in our lives. We forget that. People just forget that God's Spirit's in us. And so they they live their lives in disobedience. They live their lives away from the Lord. They forget uh, at thinking that God's uh, this kind, a distant God is not opposed to now. He is indwelled in you and in me. He's in our lives. The Holy Spirit is indwelling in our life. The Spirit is within me and within you. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. When God lives and breathes in you, he does as surely as he did in Jesus. You are delivered from that dead life with his spirit living in you. Your body will be as alive as Christ. Oh, my dear friends, listen to this. Don't miss this. Most of us forget the spirit of God lives inside us. John the Baptist even said, the Spirit of God is in Jesus without limits. The Spirit lives within you. Embrace the Spirit of God that is indwelled in your life. Just know that you've got God walking every step of the way. He's helping you breathe. He's helping you think. He's helping you make decisions. He is in your life. The Spirit of God indwells in you. The nickel represents now I realize that. The past sins are forgiven. The spirit is in me now. And thirdly, our third is our smallest coin. And that coin is a dime. That's 10 pennies, by the way. Those of you that don't know how to count that up. That's 10 of those past. The dime represents destiny, determined destiny. Because I've received Christ as my personal Savior and Lord, the Spirit of God lives within me, I have a place for me. It's called heaven. It's a whole lot better than Marietta. Believe me. It's a whole lot better than Ackworth and Kennesaw. A whole lot better than, maybe not Auburn. Yes, a whole lot better than Auburn. A whole lot better than Athens, Georgia. It's a whole lot better than everywhere on planet Earth. Why? Because it's God's place for his children to live in eternity. I have heaven waiting for me. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you've been forgiven of your sins, your personal relationship with him, your destiny is determined. He says, I go to to prepare a place for you. I will return and I will bring you there. Oh, my dear friends, why do we celebrate? We celebrate because the end doesn't end here. Hallelujah. The end for the believer ends in heaven for all of eternity. John 5, verse 24. I assure you, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, for they have already passed from death into life. 
Recently, Debbie and I started talking about my funeral. My funeral. We didn't talk about hers. Talk about mine. So we started planning my funeral. We did. Now, it's not, it's not going to be like any other funeral I've been to. We're going to have a party. We're going to celebrate. We really are. There may be one or two of y'all. And it wouldn't hurt me to know. I won't know because I'll be in heaven, so y'all just party on. But some of y'all may weep a little bit. Joe may get, oh, man, Pastor Dan's gone. You know, one or two. And you go, whoo. We are finally rid of that transitional pastor. Right? But David and I were talking about, you know, we're going we're to have a party. We're going to have some stories. We're going to have some fun. We're going to sing. We're going to celebrate. We're going to clap. It's going to be a party. We're going to have mellow mushroom pizza. We're going to have some stuff. And to top it all off, we're going to have some barbecue. I'm just telling you, we're going to have some fun. You are. We're going to celebrate. Why? Because old Dan left Marietta. And he is in glory today. And we're celebrating the life he lived, but we're celebrating where he's going. I've already told my good friend, Brett Self, my good friend, young man I've mentored for years, great young pastor. I said, you're preaching my sermon. He said, oh, man, don't tell me how I got to do it. I said, yeah, and I'm already writing it for you because I don't like the way you write. We're going to have a party. We're going to sing. We're going to celebrate. We're going to have barbecue. Romans chapter 5, verse 21 Just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful kindness rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that wonderful? I don't have to worry about all this stuff that's going on in this world. I'm not going to be here. I'm going to step over into glory when that last breath happens on this earth. The next breath is in heaven, in the presence, standing for the presence of my Savior. Get excited about that. Let's celebrate, dear friends. My past is forgiven. The Spirit of God lives within me, and my destiny is in front of me, and it's called glory. My goodness. The penny, my past, the nickel, the spirit, and the dime, destiny awaits me. And that brings us to our final coin. And I really struggled with this. The quarter. My goodness. Stay with me now. The quarter. It means spiritual growth. The quarter is spiritual growth. I can continue to grow. Now think with me just for a minute. Don't go to sleep on me. What? Maybe you're saying, where does the Q word stand in all of this? Well, hang on, I'm going to throw you off just a little bit, but you'll get it in just a second, I promise you, because it, it just came to me, and I was like, oh, this is so good. I can continue to grow. Do you remember the story that Jesus told about the farmer? The farmer. The farmer, how you, he had planted, he was taking the seeds out, and, and the seeds uh, were, were, were in, he was scattering the seeds, and only 25% of the seed grew. Listen to the word. As he scattered the seed, some of it fell on rock on, on the road, and the birds ate it. Some of it fell in the gravel and the sprout. It sprouted quickly, but did not put down roots. So when the sun came up, it withered just as quickly. 
Some fell in the weeds. And as it came up, it was strangled by the weeds. Now get this. Some fell on good soil and produced a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. Can I get an amen to that? I mean, that's God's word. That's not my words. That's God's word. It, it, you see, there was four seeds represented there. 75% of them died off. What grew? 25% grew. One quarter growth grew. So he's worthy of celebrating. Not only is he worthy just to celebrate, oh, I can grow spiritually, but I can grow beyond my wildest dreams. I can grow greater than I've ever grown before. Some of you have been Christians a long time. And some of you have had quiet times for a long time. And some of you have read your Bible through in and throughout many years and many times. And some of you, it's like me, I'm sure, it becomes ritualism. You become through this process and you say, okay, I got to get through. I got to get through the year to get through it. Dear friends, let me tell you something. He wants us to spiritually grow on this side of glory. There will be no need for us growing in heaven. None. There's not going to be any preaching in heaven. That bums me out, but I'm going to get over it. There's going to be nothing but music and worshiping at the feet of our Lord. There'll be no preaching. There'll be no reason for discipleship. There'll be no reason for growth. We have made it. But until then, we need to be continually growing in the grace and knowledge of Christ Jesus. We can grow beyond our wildest dream. Dear friends, I, I wrote this down in my time this morning. Spiritual growth is a gift from God. He doesn't just save us and leave us. He saved us and gives us his word and the, the intelligence of the greatest theologian, theological minds in the world to help us, Johnny, grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's on us to grow. It's there for us. Are you growing in the grace and knowledge of Christ? It's a sacred privilege. It's a rarity for those who pursue the faithfulness of the Lord. So there's a lot to celebrate there's a lot about Jesus to celebrate. Not just one month, not just a few days, not just some tinsel and some gifts, but 365 days a year. Think for me, with me just for a second. What would life look like? What would life look like if you go through life with a daily attitude of celebrating? Some of you, I'm just going to say it, I've been there. Some of you look like you've been weaned on a pickle. You said, I'm saved. I am saved. Well, tell your face about it, darling. Some of you just say, well, I'm a Christian. I go to Rosal Street Baptist Church. I'm a Christian. Well, why don't you celebrate? You see, there's so much, just turn on the news, that's not worth celebrating. There's so much on ESPN not worth celebrating. There's a lot of things that are not worth celebrating. But we can celebrate that we're saved by God's glorious grace, and we don't have to just do it on Sunday morning, our high hour every week. It can be done 365 days a year. Thank you, 
God that my past is forgiven. And I see that nickel laying in that, in that little cup holder in my car. I see that nickel and I say, that nickel reminds me that the spirit of the living God lives within me. Man, that ought to make a Baptist shout hallelujah. The spirit of God lives within this old carcass. I'm saved and the spirit lives within me. I look at that dime and I can celebrate that heaven, oh my goodness, is awaiting me. I, I don't know what it's like. But the great Dr. R.G. Lee wrote a wonderful sermon. He was talking about it. He said, I don't know what it's like, but it's going to be better than what we got. Amen? The Bible says streets of gold and walls of jasper. I understand the streets of gold, but I don't understand the walls of jasper. What does that look like? Don't matter. You know why? Because God's there, and I'm going to be there with him. I get to celebrate that heaven awaits for us. And I look down at that quarter, and I can say, you know what? I have this amazing privilege Amazing privilege of day in and day out, at any moment, at any time, I can take a copy of his written word and I can digest it into my life. And I can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let's start a new year celebrating. I was thinking even earlier this morning about these coins And I started thinking, you know, this would be a great gospel evangelism tool. When you're out eating, having some pizza or barbecue or a steak or whatever, chicken or salad, heaven forbid. You could take this out and just lay it there, Joe, on the table. Just lay it right there. All of a sudden, somebody, you know, you're having lunch and that guy says, what's that bag of coins for? Oh, let me tell you about that. That penny stands for my past is forgiven. Let me ask you this. Have you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins? What's that quarter stand? What's that nickel stand for? Well, that spirit of God is indwelled in my life. I, I have the whole power of the Holy Spirit in my life. The dime says, I, I, I got a place better than where I live off Stylesboro right now. I got a beautiful home, but I'm telling you, I got a better home in heaven. And what's that quarter for? Well, that quarter's but in the meantime. I have the rare privilege of spending time with my Savior in his word and growing in the grace and knowledge of Christ so that I can understand him even greater and celebrate all that's been blessed to me. Exodus 34, 22 says, and you must remember to celebrate. We are people of forgetting. I know you've walked through your house going to do something and had to stop and think, hmm, what was I going to do? And that's not just an old thing. I see young guys do that too. But we are people of forgetting. Yet our faith is strengthened by remembering. Remembering to celebrate the past, the now, rejoice in that, praise God for the destiny, and enjoy Jesus' birth each and every day. So let me ask the question. Are you just surviving? 
Are you going to start? The Lord tarries. Are you going to start in 24? Saying, I'm going to celebrate every day the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? With heads bowed, eyes closed, maybe you're here today and you say, Dan, I, I want to make that commitment. I'm making it right now. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to make that commitment. And I want to make it public. We're going to ask you to just do something. Maybe you hadn't done it in 100 years. But maybe today is that moment. And we're going to ask you if you're really willing and ready to make that commitment. Maybe you've already done it this morning. Maybe you just continue to celebrate every day and we rejoice in that. Thank you for your steadfastness. But maybe you're here like me and you need a, a, a physical moment in your life where you just come and celebrate. We want to invite you to come to this altar, this staging area right here, the pews in the front. We've got encouragers to pray with you. If you don't need anybody to pray with you, that's fine. We've got staff that will be standing here as well if you need to speak with one of us. But we're going to pray in just a moment. Stand, Pastor Joe's going to lead us. And we're going to ask you today, if you want to come and say, I want to start 2024, ending 2023, and I want to start 2024 by celebrating every day. I want you to come to this altar. We're going to join together and pray. We're going to have a great time of celebration as we launch into a brand new year for so much more in 24. Father God, do your work in this place. Thank you for the privilege of being here today. Father, I think there's some here in this room right now that need to stand up and step out. Many of them in this room have not been to this altar since the day they came to faith in Christ. Many of them have never come down this altar. Father, I pray you give them courage. I know it's difficult. I know it's hard for some of them. Lord, I pray you give them courage to stand up and step out right now and come to this altar. Kneel with brothers and sisters or sit on these front pews and, and just pray together as we celebrate our salvation and celebrate the opportunity that there is so much more for us to do beginning in 24. And we give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. We stand and we sing. You come. I'm here at the front. Join me.